Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN.com, Giants reporter. We're here with the roster cut episode. Okay, we also have a fun conversation with Sterling Shepard later on as well. But I want to start off here. We're talking about some of the key competitions or the key spots on the roster that, you know, in the next few days, right, with the the third, I want to say fourth preseason game, but now we're down to three. The third preseason game is upcoming against the Jets on Saturday, and cuts will come not long after that. The deadline for roster cuts to get the Ross each team's roster to 53 men is Tuesday at 4 p.m. But we could have some moves before then. Uh, probably will. Uh, you know, the, the standard cuts, the guy, the, the more, the easier cuts, for lack of a better term. And then as they get towards Tuesday, uh, they'll round out the roster. And then here we go. We'll move forward from there. So the, the position that everyone's most interested in, that they always ask me about, is wide receiver. Because the Giants have a surplus of wide receivers of wide receivers that are worthy of making the roster, right? Let's see on the top. Let's start at the top end. You have Darius Slayton. You have Isaiah Hodgins. You have Paris Campbell in the slot. Those are the starters. Jalen Hyatt's a third-round draft pick. We know he's sticky. That's four. Sterling Shepard has looked great this summer. Like, really great. I mean, I'm, I'm off an Achilles tear. Followed the following year by an ACL tear. I can't tell you how impressed I am with how he's looked. Like you could easily make the argument he has the the most explosive, has the most juice, you know, wiggle out there out of any receiver on the Giants. Like really, Sterling Shepard off a torn Achilles and ACL. Now, granted, mostly he's running with the second team, but man, those guys, those those cornerbacks have no shot against him. And then he does kind of sprinkle into the one. So Sterling Shepard's going to make this team because he's looking really good. Okay, so now we're at five. I'm going to go on the premise that the Giants are going to keep seven wide receivers. So that puts Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, Colin Johnson, and Wondell Robinson into that mix. Now at this point, and we saw Wondell Robinson running routes the other day, full-speed routes, look pretty good. But at this point, He's just about nine months removed from ACL surgery. It's probably in the Giants' benefit to slow play the Wondell Robinson situation. Keep him on pup. Don't bring him back to practice. Once you bring him back to practice, then he has to be on the roster. Keep him on pup into the season. Give him, you know, several weeks to get right and don't rush it back. That kind of is what makes sense to me right now. Then, So that leaves two spots for Cole Beasley. Colin Johnson, Jamison Crowder, and Bryce Ford Wheaton. All right. So my two picks at the end, what I think is going to happen. And then there's different ways the Giants could manipulate this. Uh, cutting a guy, resigning him, 
so forth. Practice squad, elevating. Cole Beasley's the guy that Brian Dable, like, that's his guy. To the point where last year, Brian Dable was texting and reaching out to Cole Beasley regularly to try and get him to come. At the time, Beasley was retired, wanted to stay at home, changed his mind, wasn't really ready to play as as they got towards the end of the year, but then decided this year he wanted to play. That's why he came in in the spring, right? That's why he signed earlier. He wanted to make sure he came in in the spring, got familiarized with the Giants, Daniel Jones, work with him, get re-acclimated to the offense. So Cole Beasley, to me, is a guy that is going to make this team. He got banged up a little bit, had a little leg, something, but he came back this week. So Cole Beasley's back. I'm penciling him as the sixth. The seventh guy, surprise, surprise, I have Bryce Ford Wheaton, the undrafted rookie out of West Virginia. Because if you look at practice and you watch what the Giants are doing, Bryce Ford Wheaton's running with the ones in special teams. They like that size speed, you know, that, that combination that he has. Side speed, side, size speed power, as they like to say. I'm a football guy. Football guy talk. Size, speed, power. Bryce Ford Wheaton has that, and he can give them something on special teams. That's the problem. You take a Jamison Crowder, even Colin Johnson, he's off ACL surgery. You're not really getting much on special teams from those guys. You're already not getting, with the last two guys I mentioned that made it, Sterling Shepard and Cole Beasley, you're already not getting special teams. So at the bottom of the roster, somewhere, you have to get special teams. Now, it's possible that Bryce Ford Wheaton lands on the practice squad, and then they elevate him for a couple weeks, bide some time, and then make the decision. Always possible. But I'm going to put him on here just because on my final 53-man roster, just because I see him some ways, somehow, some way, contributing on special teams early in the season. And that leaves Colin Johnson and Jamison Crowder as the odd man out. And it's rough for Colin Johnson because he probably deserves a spot. Got banged up a little bit this summer, but Colin Johnson would have started last year if he didn't tear his Achilles. Isaiah Hodgins came in and basically took the spot that Colin Johnson could have been playing. Who knows? Colin Johnson could be Isaiah Hodgins right now if he didn't get hurt. Uh, Some other positions of note. Inside linebacker was a tough one because really, man, aside from, first of all, Michael McFadden is going to be the starter. Darian Beavers has not been overly impressive this summer to the Giants coming off ACL surgery. McFadden has clearly outplayed him, so he's going to be the starter next to Bobby Okereke. Behind them, I have Beavers, Carter Coughlin. Carter Coughlin, who, by the way, is the best uh, special teamer on this roster. And then Cam Brown, who's also a special teamer. It's either Cam Brown or Deontay Johnson. You could flip a coin. Uh, You see them both doing a lot of special teams. I could see that. Now, I know people are like, oh, and what about Anthony Barr? They should sign Anthony Barr. I'm not seeing that as a likely solution for this team right now. Like, can he add depth? Yeah, but if Anthony Barr comes in here, I don't expect him to come in, start, and play a full-time role. I just don't see that. That's not probably not what he is. You talk to people around the league, that's probably not what he is at this point of his career. He's more likely a role player. But at the time, I think it's actually unlikely, after talking to people, that the Giants sign Anthony Barr at this point. Michael McFadden is going to get his shot. His backup's going to be Darian Beavers. That's likely how they're going to roll heading into the season. Uh, outside linebackers, I only have four on my final 53. I I did not have O'Shane Zimenez making the cut. Uh, that's that's Kayvon Thibodeau, Zizo Jolari, Jihad Ward, and Taman Fox. That's because I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants are looking elsewhere to find another outside linebacker. 
like maybe like a, expect them to be pretty active again in the waiver claims. I, I know I mentioned this before. Depth to me is a concern on this team. Uh, Nick McLeod's another interesting one at safety slash cornerback, and he's another good special teamer only because he's been injured. I don't know how the Giants handle that. Cornerback, I have the Giants keeping six. Okay, Adoree Jackson, Deontay Banks, Cordell Flott, who, by the way, is no longer a slot cornerback. He's also banged up, too, a little bit. He's been pretty much moved permanently inside, uh, outside again, where I think he's better suited. Uh, but Cordell Flott, that experiment kind of failed. And so they don't love him on the slot, obviously. We know they've been trying to replace Darnay Holmes, and Adoree Jackson's been playing there. But what about the games where you're playing the Miami Dolphins and uh, Tyreek Hill's on the outside, or the Raiders and Devontae Adams, and you want to put Adoree Jackson out there? Like, who's next in line at the slot? And right now, to me, next in line behind Adoree Jackson in the slot is still Darnay Holmes. So I have him on this ro- on this roster, maybe... They find somebody elsewhere. Bobby McCain is the guy who did not make it on my 53. Just never seemed to gain traction with the Giants this summer. Actually moved in the opposite direction. Spent a lot of time working with the third team. Uh, I do have Javarius Owens, the seventh-round pick, making it as my fourth or fifth safety right now. So those are the spots that kind of stood out to me. Uh, Offensive line, pretty much what you expect. Finding a ninth guy is difficult. Uh, tight end position. Hey, let's see what happens with Tommy Sweeney. Uh, you know, I, uh, he had a medical event in practice this week. Uh, prayers up to him. So that obviously changes that situation a little bit. So you have Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, and Lawrence Cager, and then uh, Chris Myrick in that mix now. So maybe going with three tight ends is clearly a possibility for the Giants. But hey. Hope everything works out for Tommy Sweeney. Uh, scary situation, no doubt, when that happens on the field. Oh, quarterback position real quick. Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, lock, lock. We know that. Starter backup. Especially with the new rule, how you could, you know, activate three quarterbacks. You know, Tommy DeVito on the practice squad is still the likely solution. I don't see anybody uh, picking, uh, picking up Tommy DeVito and keeping him on the active roster. At this point, he's still a a good developmental piece. Uh, I believe the Giants will be able to get him onto the practice squad. But uh, wide receiver, that remains the position, right? That remains the position of intrigue. And let's see what happens in the fourth and final preseason game. But in the meantime, let's talk to one of these wide receivers. On to the next one. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, we're going to talk to Sterling Shepard real quick here. Right, uh, coming back from, are you still, first of all, you still young, Shep? So go by negative, negative. I I, I had to you grew out of that. I had to shake the young. I mean, he's still in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to be called the young Shep, and I'm I'm 30. I'm going in the year eight. I and I got two kids. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's just not. You know, I, it's just gonna be Shep from here on out. Yeah, Jalen Hyde will come in and be like, "You're young Shep." You know, like you look like a different generation. So the number one question, obviously, to you is how are you feeling? But I'm going to say this because I'm going to turn it on you and say, like, are you tired of, a- of answering that question? Does everybody, like, do you just get that nonstop from people? I mean, it's just, it's a natural question. I mean, because uh, coming off of what I've come off of, uh, you know, two back-to-back season-ending injuries, um, you know, it's just a natural question for everybody to ask. So I'm not necessarily tired of it. Um, it's just, you know, the same answer every time. I'm, I'm feeling great. I feel like I'm moving great. Um, you know, knee, everything is, is, is feeling pretty good. So, uh, got to keep it that way. I feel like we got a good plan to do so. That wiggle looks like it's back. Like you, you like, I don't know, probably like a week or two ago. I said, I think it's actually the practice. So you end up cooking Trey Hawkins. I was like, man, you know, like you, th- this, that's a skill that you have that, you know, probably the rest of the receiving court doesn't quite have. Like you, you feel like that is like prime Shep wiggle right there? Like, is that how you feel? I still feel like I can gain a little bit more strength, um, but it's definitely getting there, and it's definitely trending in the right direction. Um, you know, as I build more confidence on it day to day, week by week, um, you know, that's what I'm focusing on after practice. I go get more strength work. So um, and it's a big kudos to the, the training staff. I mean, they've done a great job of just keeping my body fresh and, you know, allowing me to have that time to gain more strength also while being able to go out there and go get some reps. So uh, just, I mean, it's been, it's been a perfect schedule for me, I, I'd say. You know me pretty well at this point. I, you know, I, I'm not going to gas guys up usually. Like when you suffer like back-to-back, the injuries, you know, Achilles and knee, like the first thought that goes to your mind is, you know what, skill position, it's probably gonna be really hard for him to ever get back to that level that he was at like I think you know that's kind of what happened with with Vic you know Victor Cruz when like he has that that was a little different injury because that's a little more serious but like when guys have that kind of serious injury like the history just doesn't show that guys are gonna back how much at all does that did that go through your mind at any point man you know like I might not ever have that same explosion that I once did I'm like a person that loves defeating the odds and like you know adversity is is important to me i feel like fighting through adversity is important because it makes you grow and makes you stronger so like that's all mindset to me that's all mindset like if i constantly tell myself every day i'm not going to be the same player if i let those thoughts creep into my head then i believe that that's ultimately what's going to happen at some point did it cross your mind like naturally naturally does it cross your mind like am i going to be the same player yeah but like i have tools or like something in my head to immediately when those thoughts start to creep in, I'll tell myself like, you've been that and you're gonna still be that. So like, I, I'm just always just positive reinforcement to myself. Like I'm 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 the player, I'm Sterling Shepard. I've, I've done this before and I can get back to that. So like, that's just my mindset, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it really. But- no, I get it. 
I mean, it's like even when something bad happens to you, you get down and, and like you have a choice. You could either sit there and let it resonate or you could just be like, all right, I just got to move forward and put it behind you. I mean, it's just, I guess that's just, I think everybody, man, you find that in everyday life that happens. I yeah, guess. for sure. And I mean, it, it, my faith is huge for me too. Like it's been a lot of things that have happened in my life that didn't go my way. Um, but, you know, I, I, I remain faithful to the Lord and like I, I've always seen the other side of it. I've always seen the light at the end of the tunnel. So I don't expect anything else in my life to go any other way than that. So hard work pays off. You know what I mean? Like that says work has to be there, too. Like people don't see the work that is put in behind the scenes. But I mean, I mean, it's day, it, day after day after day. It gets kind of monotonous, but. It's just what you have to do if you want to get back to being that player. Which was harder to come back from, Achilles or knee? Achilles. Why? I'm still working with the Achilles. Like, the Achilles one is a whole different recovery process. I mean, you have to stay in the boot for another, after surgery, you have to stay in that boot and be on a scooter for, oh, I don't even remember how many, like two months, three months after, you know, so like it's hard to move around lifting weights before the surgery you were squatting yeah i mean i was squatting 300 and something pounds uh before surgery i felt like i honestly didn't need surgery until like i would walk down a step. if you were regular joe they probably would have told you you didn't need surgery but if you were trying to play professional football it's a different i need the acl so yeah i mean I, I i definitely say the recovery process uh was a lot easier with the knee than the achilles but which one hurt the worst when it happened it was that knee that knee the Achilles didn't hurt. You say that you think you tore the knee, basically, or it was slightly torn. Something happened several plays earlier, and you kind of knew it, and it just, it just went at that point? Yeah, like two plays before, uh, I kind of got hit on a dig, and I, I got up, and I kind of felt like my knee was a little unstable. Um, but I was just like, yeah, I, don't, I don't like to come out the game, and especially it was at the end of the game. Uh, unfortunately, it was the last play of the game, but uh, – I kind of just stayed in there just to finish out the game. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think I think it was already kind of torn. Yeah, so I'm saying it would make you feel any better. It was probably going to tear the next time you ran anyway. So it was either then or the next time you did it. didn't matter. I was going to have to get surgery probably anyway. So, yeah, I'm just happy. I'm happy the, play, the next play got blown dead because I had a hard stick off that leg. I probably would have messed up some other stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know. So you were a free agent this offseason, right? You came back. You spent your whole career here. You're the longest tenure giant, which is crazy to think of. I remember you still uh, uh, snapping the uh, boat trip. By the way, I'm driving back from Washington. And I'm like, yo, Shep, man, what is going on here? <laughs> That's going back. So you're 2016. Did you ever think? Did I mean, obviously, you wanted to come back, but did you contemplate leaving at that point? Like, did the thought come and cross your mind, like, hey? Maybe I'm better off going here, going there. No, not not one thing uh, told me that I should I should go anywhere else. Um, I nah, I don't want to go anywhere else. I love this place. Like this. Why? Home to me. Uh, Live here post career. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, this is like my second home. This is the only other place that I've ever lived in my life. Um, you know, I I love everybody in this building. Um, from the coaches' staff upstairs to the cafeteria, like these are my people. So um, 
and I don't I don't, I don't want to go anywhere else. So I I didn't ever let that thought creep into my head. And my my family is stable here. I, my my family loves it here. So um, I'm I'm gonna make this make this work as as long as I can. How do you envision your role? this year, right? You're coming back from injury. They've kind of brought you along slowly. You're really working mostly with the second team, I'll say right now. Actually, you had a big day today. I think you, I think I have you like four or five catches, which is in team periods is a lot. But how do you envision your role? And it seems like it's increasing little by little. Yeah. Um, I'm not really focused on that. I'm just focused on, on, on day by day showing what I can do and, um, you know, keep putting positive stuff on film. I feel like all that stuff will take care of itself as long as I, I, I'm just doing the same thing every day and that's making plays, doing the job of a wide receiver, which is something that we talk about every day, and that's get open, catch the ball, and strain in the run game. So as long as I'm doing those three. Which strain in the run game? Strain in the run game is blocking. So, you know what I mean? Like like actually blocking. Not getting in the way. It's actually. Not getting in the way. Blocker. And being a real blocker. Um you know, which which I feel like I... They should be asking young Shep to do the strain in the run game. You know, old, oh, you know, vet Shep should be like, all right, you know what, we'll keep you... You can you sit on the side, you, know, you can sit out those plays. Your job is to catch pass. Yeah, man, but, you know, I, I, I take pride in blocking, so... Um, you do, remember you flexed last year on him. I think you had a, a crack back, and Shep in the middle of the field is doing a double flex. Yeah, man, you already know. I, I, I feel like that's a little bit more satisfying than like a... A first down catch is like seeing say say go through the hole and you made the key block. You know what I mean? I love, I love that feeling. So, um, you know, I got to step my game up in that area. But I mean, I, I feel like I do those those three jobs as a wide receiver pretty well. How is this team different from some of the other teams you've been on? Right? You obviously added a lot of pieces to a team that had some success last year. What do you th- what do you view as being different? I mean, it's just that like we've we've added so many different weapons and guys that are versatile that that can go line up in the backfield or you know be flexed out and um go to receiver and and, and do different things i mean we we just have so much versatility on our offense and um i mean that that's just calling for for big plays and then you look at the speed that we have on offense i mean speed threatens defenses so um you know, I, I feel like we we've added that, and that's that's the major difference that I've seen. I've never had this many guys with this much speed on uh, on on one roster. Trey Hawkins was surprised when I, or a little shocked almost when I told him, you know, Shep, I'm like, you know, he's pretty explosive. You know, he, he jumped 43 inches at one. You know, there's not many guys that jump 43 inches at the combine. He's like, oh damn, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about him. That was the throwback. I don't know if I have that 43 anymore. But... Tell anybody that, man. Nobody needs to know that though. <laughs> we still up there though. We're still in the forties. Don't get me don't get me wrong. You the NFC East is obviously tough though. So you, you talk about how this team is different. How much do you think you close the gap? Um, not really not really focused on anybody else. We just focus on ourselves, you know what I mean? And and fo- focus on what we can control and that's day by day, trying to get better. You know, uh we've got two preseason games underneath our belt and we have some things that we need to correct uh before we get to the regular season and those are I mean I feel like we have the toughest division, and um, we have to be ready. Um, so we got to focus on day by day, just getting better, and uh, that's that's our main focus. We'll end on this, okay? Play a little game. You have to call. You've been through four coaches, so you have to call on a coach, right? So you got Ben McAdoo. You got uh, Pat Shermer. You got Joe Judge, and you got Brian Dambo, okay? 
Who are you calling on for advice on how to run a route? On advice to how to run a route? I'm, I'm going they will easily. Okay. I give an easy one to sign. How to run a route? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going there. Who are you calling on to get a reservation at Carbone in the city between the four of them? Who, who's got the, who maybe, you know, is into that? That's only out of two coaches because in order to get a reservation in the city, you got to win ball games. And I've only been to the playoffs for two coaches. So that's either been McAdoo or, or Coach Debo. And Coach Debo got to, got to, he got to win. In, in the playoffs. So he got a little bit more pool and a little bit more strength. So yeah. once again, I ain't, I ain't even just saying this because he's my coach now, but yeah, real talk. Yeah, no, he's got that clout right now, at least for sure. Uh, I handle my reservations, so though. I can, I can get a reservation. Who are you calling for if you need a loan? Who 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 who, who are you? I'm go Coach the Apes. Apes. He's probably making bank right now, too. You know, this is, this is, a, this is a good job, of course, in the New York Giants. Is is he the most likely to FaceTime you? I mean, did any other coach ever FaceTime you, or is that is that a straight him move? None of my, I mean, even from back in college, none of my fa- uh, coaches FaceTime me. He was the first one to do it, but I mean, I think it's great though. I think it's great. Who are you calling on to give you uh, inspirational quote? Which of those guys is like the inspirational quote guy? I can't even go with a head coach on that, but I will go with Jason Garrett. Um, Jason Garrett that is his thing. That, that like yeah I mean when you talk about a motivational speaker or just somebody with just pure knowledge and um yeah with some a guy with a lot of a, a lot of knowledge you gotta go with coach Garrett I think anybody would tell you that you guys are in the locker room which one of those guys is most likely to make their way into the locker room which coach uh, to make their way in the locker room which, which coach would uh, be in the locker room the most out of those guys because I know a lot of coaches like to be very hands-off in the locker. I'd probably say, um, what I see in there the most? I mean, probably Dave's because Dave's like to play games and stuff like that. Like, so we got a lot of games in the locker room. And, I mean, he always down there doing some type of, like, magic trick or something like Which one is most likely to, you know, tear you apart and you know, get get on your ass? Oh, Joe Judd. <laughs> he going he to get on you. I mean, you know what? But it's like it's like constructive criticism, though. Like, it. it you just have to take it with like a grain of salt because, I mean, it's it's to make you better. Uh, that was his intention. Um, but yeah, he's more of a hard nosed coach. You got like you got different styles of coaching, and he was a hard nosed coach. So, yeah, yeah, Joe Judge, he gonna jump on that end. <laughs> so we'll leave you on this. This seems like a layup too. I mean, you got to take one of your coaches on vacation. Who are you taking? Hey, he's a hundred percent. What if he has? What what if he takes that shirt off on you though? Hey, then then that means then that <laughs> that means everybody gonna be looking at you. So that's good. That's good. That's good. That's what you wanna. That's what you want. I told the story on this podcast. He came over and practiced the other day and called me fat. That's right. I didn't use that word, but he said it in so many words. Chubby. My shirt from the side, and so the belly stuck out. He ain't wrong, by the way. He's not wrong. Appreciate your time, Chef. As always, man. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. 
So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. That was a really fun interview right there with Sterling Shepard, longest tenured New York Giant. And probably a, by a decent amount right now. He was on the 2016 playoff team uh, as a rookie when you think back to that. And think about it. He played with Victor Cruz, back with Odell, uh, Russell Shepard. That's why he was called Young Shep, right? Because you had Russell Shepard here at the time. So just just a good dude. And, you know, he's never really got to put it together like you kind of wanted because the, the injuries have always settled in. But, man, to be able to come back from a torn Achilles and then follow that up with a torn ACL and look the way he has this summer, I can't tell you how impressive it's been. I really can't. It's been very, very impressive. All right, let's wrap up this episode with a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And it's that time of year, so the topic I'm going to touch on here is fantasy football. Yes, you could still be involved in fantasy football. Look, I'm not involved in huge money leagues. That's not what it's about. I'm in, you know, for the fun of it. I play fantasy football with my friends, but there is obviously a slight potential conflict of interest. You know, you're rooting for players, potentially the teams you cover. That's why, in my case, I try to avoid drafting Giants players. Mentioned this before, I believe. Now, my main league, I'm in two leagues. My main league, it's like my friends from home growing up. We've been doing it for 20 years. It's an auction draft. So auction draft, pretty easy, just don't bid on most Giants players. Then for the past however many or so years, it's generally been a good philosophy because they haven't had, their offense has been really, over the last six or eight years, pretty bad overall. Even last year, in their quote-unquote good year, offensively they still weren't great, right? Saquon was obviously a good fantasy player last year. And then Daniel Jones actually turned into a pretty good fantasy player this year. But pretty easy to fade those two guys and move forward. Now, my draft happens to be, this is the only downside, this Saturday, which happens to be when the Jets play the Giants on Saturday night. So I'll be able to go to my draft, but I won't be able to go and have fun. And it's been landing on this date, the last Saturday, pretty much of August every year, the same date as Jets-Giants recently in the preseason. So it does limit my ability to have fun, have drinks, hang out with my friends all day. I got to draft and run basically. Not the end of the world. But I'm also in a, a league with people from home. And again, try to avoid Giants because here's the reason. Here's the reason. Now, don't need to, but me personally, it just, I find it to just be easier because here's a situation I found myself in in 2014. Remember, Odell Beckham Jr. did one of the, the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life with my own eyes, you know, that I was covering, is that when he was a rookie, if you think back, in the spring, his, he had a hamstring problem. His hamstring kept him out pretty much the entire summer. So he's a rookie. He misses it in pretty much the entire training camp. Then into the season, the first four games of the season. So at that point, just about everybody, myself included, only naturally, are saying, you know, it's kind of going to be a lost season for him. He'll come back. But really, if you haven't been involved in training camp, you haven't had a chance to practice, see the NFL speed, get used to the system that he's playing in. It's going to be rough. But then when Beckham came back and started practicing, someone in my league dropped him. 
like week two or three of that rookie year. And I saw him in practice. I'm like, man, this guy looks ridiculously good. Why don't I just pick him up, stash him on my bench? All he did happen to do is come out, go 91 catches, 1,305 yards, and 12 touchdowns in 12 games. The single greatest feat performance season that I've seen with my own eyes. Think about how ridiculous that is to come off an injury, your hamstring, having not practiced and perform like that and do the things that he did. Yeah. So there was naturally a lot of complaining and whining. Well, you knew you 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 knew Beckham was good, so you got to pick him up. Yeah, in a way. True. Help me. I think I started off so poorly that I had to win the toilet bowl. I didn't even have a chance to win the real championship. But nonetheless, everybody whined and complained. And since that point, I tried to go out of my way basically to not draft Giants players. And so that's sort of the fantasy dynamic while covering teams. Now, heck, I don't want to be in a league with Adam Schefter. Think about that. He's all over all these teams. You can basically call on any uh, somebody in an organization on any team if you really want an update on any player. So... Yeah, can it be viewed as a significant advantage, a slight conflict of interest? Sure, it can. But it's all in fun. We're doing this for fun. It's a fun game. And and you always got to remember, this is an entertainment business. Fantasy football is entertainment. It's part of how we, uh, as fans, stay involved and enjoy the game. Think about it. The NFL, as we know it, would not be in the place it is right now if not for two things. Gambling which is now even bigger than ever, but let's be honest, it's been around forever. People always gambled on NFL, NFL games. Now we just have props and stuff that are way more accessible. And fantasy football, whether it's traditional fantasy or daily fantasy. I mean, that's just another element that is deeply involved in the game, maybe without a team. And you see the way fandom is changing for kids nowadays because of fantasy football. Like there'll be fans of players more than teams even. So it's a huge, huge part of the sport and a reason why the NFL is the behemoth that it is, right? You're, people aren't playing fantasy, uh, hockey, and base, uh, baseball has been around forever, but a lot of people are playing baseball, but not, not even fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball, at the levels that not even close that people are playing fantasy football. Once a week, seven, 17, 18 weeks, whatever with the playoffs, I guess less, 16, 17 weeks, right? Keep you involved. You only you don't have to make moves every single day, every other day. You can basically do it once. It's once a week for the most part, and it just is so massive for the popularity of the game. So like everybody else, sports writers and reporters and journalists, they want to get involved in that as well. So that's the fantasy aspect from the professional uh, perspective, at least from my professional perspective. All right, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, subscribe, tell your friends, hey, send questions next week. Going to do a Giants after dark, uh, after the final roster set, so midweek. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Radon. See you next time.